Over the last few months, there's been much public debate on Fiji's coconut wireless concerning religion. The extradition of five members from the Grace Road Church, a Korean denomination accused of being a violent cult, sparked debates about the freedom of religion in Fiji. There's also been a recent backlash involving an American preacher, Lily Java, who's allegedly collecting money from Fijians in return for performing miracles. Fiji's government has had to comment on both controversies. Fina Fonua spoke with Fijian professor Georgi Rarulo from the University of Sydney about spirituality in Fiji and why these events have gained public attention. Recently, Fiji's Deputy Prime Minister Manoa Kamikamida was questioned about what Fiji police were going to do about, about a certain American preacher who is allegedly collecting money from people in return for performing miracles. You also have the Korean Grace Road Church. It's been called a violent cult. And you, you have this public backlash. Do you think there's a conversation in Fiji about freedom of religion? Yeah, I think people are more willing now to have critical conversations about these particular topic areas. In the past, people would take on church and faith as part of what they did in family and community. As specific people, religion, spirituality, faith have been a big part of our cultural practices and expression. What's interesting now is that young people who are part of such faith communities are having those critical conversations. This is then also leading to critical conversations with other people in the family about the role of spirituality and faith and whether those particular practices reflect our traditional views of spirituality and faith. So I think that's what's happening at the moment is there are are those critical conversations that are creating more of a nuanced understanding of the role of church Uh, and faith and how that is being played out across the community. Could you describe how important religion is to the Itauke or how influential it is in the Itauke community? Christianity for Itauke has always been part and parcel of what we do as a community, as a family. People will go to church because it's what you do as a family. Young people will go along because it's part of what you do. I think it's been part of who we are as a a community and you see that played out in different realms of our lives, not just in the private but also in the professional. And I think that one of the reasons why Christianity has done so well in our region is because it talks about the importance of family and community and that resonates with our traditional ways of knowing and doing, being and becoming. So I think that's why Faith has played a big part in a lot of Indigenous-specific cultures and now current practices across the community. What about in terms of politics? Um, We've seen, for example, the evangelical churches becoming more and more influential in politics across the Pacific Islands. Definitely, yes. I think that we're seeing more of an influence from the evangelical Christian church There's been more of the conservative views and values that have come from such movements. And I think there have been various pros and cons. There's different impacts as a result of having such politics and such views permeate uh, our, our politics. The interesting things that are coming through is around whether people are given the flexibility and freedom to have the choice to have their own 
faiths and, and expressions outside of the norm of the evangelical perspectives. And I know that Fiji is quite a diverse population, ethnically and spiritually. You've got the Indo-Fijian population that will also practice diverse faiths. And so it's important that if we are going to be a multicultural community with multi-faiths and multi-perspectives, that they need to be included as well, not just one particular way of looking at things. Do you think this is intimidating or, or this kind of causes problems for society? When individuals who already feel like they're outsiders within a society that say that there's only one way of doing things in life, you continue to create levels of exclusion and isolation. Inclusive societies provide scope for diverse perspectives, views, values, practices, ways of doing things to be meaningfully included in different spaces and places. By saying that there is only one religion or one faith, then it does promote exclusion. So we do need to be mindful about creating policies and systems and structures in society uh, that privilege one particular way of doing something over something else. And so as a result of that, we need to be more mindful and intentional, intentional about our approach to diversity. The positive influences of the church because a lot of Pacific Islanders uh, talk about how it's, uh, and you touched on this before, how it's played an integral part of the community, but it's also played a part in the development of states. Is that correct? The church has played a big part in creating what we, we, we call the welfare state or the response to social and welfare needs in our society. And I think you, you can't negate or you can't uh, discount uh, such civil society movements from places like the church and other religious bodies. Uh, so definitely they, they, they continue to, to play a big part in our societies across the islands. It's just important, though, that we need to ensure that the intention behind those areas of development is still inclusive of Pacific Indigenous views and values. When development occurs, generally we think of development from a Western point of view, um, and I think that that could be detrimental to our development as Pacific Indigenous people when we are implementing development strategies and structures that they are inclusive of diverse perspectives, including our Indigenous perspectives and how we do what we do across the Pacific. 